Hello and welcome to the THP Online Community Podcast. I'm Dallas here and I'm so glad you hit the play button. Whether you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, thank you so much for being part of our THP Online Community. This is our final podcast of 2021, ladies and gentlemen. And I am excited to hear testimonies from you guys about what God has done in your life all year long through this series we've been doing called God's Promises. We're about to go into the final message from Pastor Scott as we wrap this up with a interesting promise found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. Now, for those of you who know what the scriptures are, you may be like, how is this a promise for me? Well, it's a promise for you because what follows that verse is the promise that there is room for you and the family of God. And guys, it is a fantastic message and this is a fantastic promise, but we really want to hear from you guys about what God has done in your life through these messages. So if you could do us a favor, email us mediahub at thpshreport.com so we can just hear what God's doing, be encouraged by it, and also share them out with other people to encourage other individuals and what the Lord is doing, not just here at The Healing Place, but out there in the THP online community. Again, you can email us at mediahub at thpshreport.com. Also, check out our website, thpshreport.com, where you'll find links to uh, not just this podcast, but other podcasts, The Midweek Move, and a variety of other places that you can interact with The Healing Place. With all that being said, let's jump into today's message. Hey there, everyone. Merry Christmas. I know it's the day after Christmas, but Merry Christmas. Hopefully you have enjoyed this season. I know that many people, it's the week before. Some people, it's the week after. Some, it's the day of. With so many different uh, streams of families that are involved, sometimes it's a little bit tricky to, to do all of that. But I thank you for welcoming me to wherever you are today, whatever's happening, whatever relative's house you're at, wherever you're at today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for pressing that button and getting me to wherever you are today. Hey, this is the last one of 2021. I mean, think about that for a second. We have had the promises of God every single week for an entire year. And here on campus, we look at this wall that we've created that we walked down and we thought, man, is it ever going to be filled up? And it's filled up and we needed more space. Um, and as we've been doing this with our online community, we we just are in awe of what God has done every single week. And we're excited about where we're going in 2022 and what God is speaking to us. But today we want to kind of not wrap this up because the story continues. It just goes on and on and on. And that's kind of what we want to talk about today is the Christmas story. It didn't just begin, but it continues. It continues today and it continues through us. And today we're going to talk about people just like you and I, like when does something become personal? You know, when does it become real personal? You know, Christ comes into our lives and sometimes even as Christ comes into our lives, we have certain insecurities, we have certain things that we deal with, but so many times in our lives when we find out that there are other people just like us who have dealt with the same things that we have dealt with, there becomes this knowledge that we are not alone. And today's message, if nothing else, will show us that we are not alone alone. You are not alone. The devil wants to isolate us. He wants to make us think we're the only ones going through certain things. 
He wants condemnation to come on us and think that we're the only ones who have ever done anything. Well, today we're gonna talk about some people who are just like us. And in that, what we find is this isn't just about people, but it's about a person. It's about Jesus Christ. It is all about him. Listen, this entire year, we have talked about the focus is Jesus. In him, the promises of God are yes and amen. So let's just quote real quick the last few Christmas edition God's promises. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That's Isaiah 7, 14. Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then last week, we just, we just delved into just this amazing word from Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 2. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of the dry ground, no form, no comeliness, and we will see him. And there is no beauty that we should desire him. And we, man, we didn't talk just about his birth, but about his life and about his death. And that brings us to today, Matthew chapter one. Come on, put that in there. Matthew chapter one, put it in the chat right now. Hey, I'm going, I'm going, I'm there, I'm there. Let us know where you're at right now. Matthew chapter one. And so many times when we talk about going to the gospels, we're like, hey, let's get to the meat of the story, right? So let's, let's, let's take away all the uncomfortable stuff, the stuff that I don't think matters a whole lot, and let me just get to the meat of the story because that's where it starts. That's where the story starts. And in the book of Matthew chapter one, we could kind of think verse 18, man, let's get to verse 18, right? Like, look at all these names. Like, I don't even know how to say half of these names. So why do I want to read it? I'm, I'm going to feel all awkward, and especially if I'm not just reading it to myself, but if I'm reading it out loud with somebody else, I'm going to look like a fool trying to say some of these names. But the Christmas story doesn't begin in verse 18. The Christmas story began, we could say, actually, that the Christmas story began all the way back to the garden. Because that's when the first prophecy of the baby coming, that's when it comes. They're deceived in the garden and all of a sudden God comes and you know all this stuff's happening and that which was perfect has now been tainted and everything's happening. And then all of a sudden this word comes that although the enemy is gonna do all these things, that although the enemy's gonna bruise the heel, that the enemy is going to be overtaken and there will be victory. And how's it gonna come? Well, ultimately, it would come through a babe in a manger. See, that's where the story begins. We think, okay, Mary and Joseph, and man, that's how the Christmas story begins. But God is so good that he doesn't function on our timeline. God's got a bigger plan going on. God's got plans that go beyond just us. But what we find in Matthew chapter 1 is we find us. We find you and me. Where do we find? Man, I don't see my name. We find ourselves in these names these names that we want to skip over, these names that we want to pass by, these verses that we want to get through as quickly as we can so we can get to the meat of the story, but the meat of the story is in these verses. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1, and we're going to read these verses, okay? And I'm going to do the heavy lifting for you today, okay? I'm going to do the heavy lifting for all of us because I am going to put myself out there I'm going to walk the plank today, and what I'm going to do is I'm probably going to 
just absolutely destroy some of these names, but I'm going to do that for you, okay? So you don't have to feel that today. You don't have to be embarrassed by that today. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. There we go. I got that one right, all right? The son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, this is key. This is key in, in this gospel account because we're also going to talk about the, the genealogy account in the book of Luke. But we've got to realize Matthew and what he does. Where is this context coming from? Where's the back, backdrop coming? The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And the moment he says Abraham, this is such a key. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Wait a second, Scott, begot. What, uh, begot, that's not, do we even use that word anymore? Well, Abraham's seed brought forth Isaac, okay? There was a correlation between a man and a woman and it brought forth a baby, okay? There you go. Biology 101, all right? Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, Jacob begot Judah and his brother. So here we go, it's a, it's a generational thing. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar, right? Tamar, this is gonna be key. Perez begot Hezron, Hezron begot Ram, Ram begot Amenadab, Amenadab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon. Not Salmon, Salmon. Not Salmon, Salmon. All right, everybody take a breath. All right, here we go. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. That's another key. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth, another one. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. This is huge when you're talking about David. David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. This is a crazy key verse in verse 6 because it's pointing something out about David, not about the one who was the wife of Uriah. That's a key. Verse 7, Solomon begot Rehoboam, Rehoboam begot Abijah, and Abijah begot Asa. Asa begot Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat begot Joram. And Joram begot Uzziah. Uzziah begot Jotham. Jotham begot Ahazai. And Ahazai begot Hezekiah. I told you. Everybody take a breath, okay? I'm doing the heavy lifting. Here we go. Hezekiah begot Manasseh. Manasseh begot Ammon. And Ammon begot Josiah. Josiah begot Jeconiah. And his brothers, about the same time that they were carried away to Babylon, and after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconiah begot Shealtel, and Shealtel begot Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begot Abiahud, and Behiahud begot Eliakim, and Eliakim begot Azor. Azor begot Zadok, Zadok begot Achim, Achim begot Elihud. Elihud begot Eleazar, Eleazar begot Mathan, Mathan begot Jacob, Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until the Christ are 14 generations. Now here's verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. As his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So about seven minutes of genealogy, lineage. Why is that so important? Because it's the types of people that Jesus identifies with. Those he associated himself with. They are revealed to us in this crazy interesting way where here they are recorded in the word of God forever. 
listen, forever. Their names are recorded forever. Singled out of multitudes, identified with Jesus, the son of God. A list of names, real people, a literal roadmap of generations. This generation begot this generation. And this generation begot this generation. We call that a genealogy. It's overlooked, it's underestimated. Many times, just like we said, it's just skipped over. But this message is about the types of people Jesus came to save, the people, the evidence of what the king came to do. And you and I are those people, a promised savior to break the curse of sin and death, a prophesied king to destroy the tyranny of oppression because our issue is not just our past sin, but the rule of sin in our current lives, which we cannot handle ourselves. And here's the glory of the Christmas story. It's not just a baby in a manger, God becoming flesh, but what the baby became and what he has done for us right now. See, our passage today gives us this unique perspective, this, this viewpoint, this overreaching viewpoint of these people. And in these people, we see ourselves because their story is our story. So here are two key Christmas takeaways. Okay, you guys ready? Two key Christmas takeaways. Matthew chapter 1, 17 verses. This is where the story, the Christmas story begins. This is where the Christmas story begins. Verse 18, an amazing announcement of the coming child. It shows us Mary and Joseph's response. What do they do when the angel of the Lord comes to them? What do they say? How are they feeling? Everything that takes place at Bethlehem, we're, we're, we're drawn into this. However, this event was prophesied hundreds of years before. And like we said, you can go all the way back to the beginning. People had heard this good news for generations. They had heard that the arm of the Lord was coming. They had heard that Messiah was coming. They had heard that a child was coming. They had heard that a king was coming. For generations, they had heard the good news. We have Matthew, a tax collector, obviously drawn to details. We have Luke, a physician, verifiable facts. Matthew and Luke both provide a genealogy, details, facts. Luke provides the history of the person of Jesus all the way back to Adam. He goes all the way back. But Matthew, being communicated to a Jewish community, begins with who? Abraham, the humanity of Jesus. People from every background are in these verses, every background, yet there is a common denominator with all of us, and that is sin. They failed, some miserably, and yet they are identified with Jesus, they are identified by Jesus, and they are identified with Jesus. And the genealogy could have left out any stain that would have been brought back on Jesus. It could have left these names out. It could have left any name out where there was question. Hey, this, this person did this. Hey, this person's sin was pretty bad. We can't identify that with the coming king. People won't see him as a conquering king if he's identified with this person. The genealogy could have left all that out. They did not have to be identified with Jesus. However, God acknowledged his son was forever connected to these people. Catch that. God acknowledged his son, his son, the pure, spotless lamb of God would be identified with these people forever. 
And what do we learn from that? God is not ashamed to have his son named with these people. Christ is not ashamed to redeem them, call them family. So here they are in these verses, and here we are, and it's God's way of saying, these are the ones that I came to seek and save. That's the beginning of the Christmas story. What's the beginning of the Christmas story? God's love for us. That's where it all begins. But the second thing, the second Christmas takeaway we take away from this is that this is also where the Christmas story continues. Not just where it begins, but where it continues. Sin, death, deception, it's all here. Listen, if, if you're gonna line people up and go, you know what, here are the people that I'm gonna choose to protect my image. Listen, in the culture we live in, image is so important. We got all these influencers on all these different platforms and it's image, it's image. You know, a lot of people that we would look to that, that kind of our hero worship, image is so important. And so many times what we get is an image All we get is an image of something that's not really fact. It's not really true. Listen, these are not your first choices. The names that we just read, these are not your first choices if you're gonna protect your image. We have men who made terrible decisions, refusing to listen to God. And we have four women, which at this time is like, They're not even supposed to be in this. They're not even supposed to be listed. It's only supposed to be men. But we have four women that are also put in here. And each one of these women had a story that was made for reality TV. I'm just telling you. When you read their stories, it's it's like something that, that only could happen through a reality TV, only that could happen through just some crazy scenario. Each of their lives, though, represented redemption. They are named in the same breath as Jesus, the Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us. Because the Lord came not only to save us, but to make us new, to lift us beyond our failed humanity, beyond our social standing, beyond our titles. It didn't just begin, but it continues today as we live as new creations in Christ Jesus. It didn't just begin, but it continues today through us. We see Tamar. Tamar was a neglected woman. Two dead husbands, no children. A victim of injustice. And what does she do? She poses as a prostitute, has sex with her father-in-law, and gives birth to two boys. If you want to protect your image, you're not going to include this woman in the line. But why did God put her in this line because God associates. He is okay with associating his son with Tamar, connecting his son with her. Why? Because she needed redemption. Then we have Rahab, a Gentile prostitute, desperate to save her family and desperate to survive. Not your first choice if you want to protect your image, but yet God puts her in there. Then we have Ruth, a Moabite, an outsider without promise, a beggar, according to the people of God. But the Lord positioned her into his royal line. Listen, we are all outcasts. We are all separated from God with our sin. But when we come through Christ, we are brought into a royal line. We are adopted into a family. And then there's Bathsheba. 
She was used by David, shamed. She lost her, her child. God did not need to include her, but he does. But here's the key. Let's read it again. David the king begot Solomon by her, this is Bathsheba, who had been the wife of Uriah. So God includes her, but listen, God does it in a way that reveals David's sin and not hers. That verse is not calling her out, but it's calling out David's sin. See, Jesus isn't ashamed to be connected or identified with people like you and I. These people are what the Christmas story is all about. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. These names are included in the line that leads to Christ so that you can know, you can know and I can know that our names are included in that same line because our Savior saves to the uttermost. There's room in his family for you. There's room at the table for you. You may feel like an outcast. You may feel worthless. But listen, you weren't created to be an outcast, but you were created to be a child of God. He has purchased you with the universe's most valuable possession. What is that? What's the secret? His blood. You may think God's plans for you are over, but this genealogy shows you that God's plans have just begun and are continuing to move forward every single day of your life. You see, God was at work in the ugliest of situations sending his most beautiful son. He didn't need to include this list of people, but he did it for an eternal record in his word. I can't stress this enough. When this was written, it was written as an eternal entry for all time, never to be removed. And all these names are included in this eternal word because we have a savior who is not ashamed to be connected with people like us. He isn't ashamed to be connected with the likes of me. You see, the good news is not only that Jesus paid the price for our past, but he empowers us for today. He gives us a future and a hope. He welcomes us into his royal line, adopting us into the family of the most high God. And now in Christ, wherever we go, we are Jesus people. We are Jesus people. Having the privilege of using his name, having the privilege of praying in his mighty name and knowing that demons tremble when we do that having the privilege that we have authority in his name as children of God over the powers of hell and darkness. We are Jesus' people. He has made room in the eternal record for your name and my name. You know, there's a phraseology that goes that when you give your life to Christ, there is a new name written down in glory, and it is mine. See, that's the story. That is the story. That's the key to this. It's not just verse 18 and Mary and Joseph, but it's way before them that God so loved the world. Even before the baby came, God so loved the world that he had a plan to send his only begotten son. You see, the Christmas story continues through us. And how do we make sure that it continues to the next generation? Because we saw next generation, next generation, next. How do we make sure that it crosses over to the next generation? 
the same way that we are making sure that we cross over into the next year. How do we make sure it continues to the next generation? We leave no room for the devil and we leave no doubt who we serve. We give no place to the devil. We leave no room for the devil in our lives. And then we leave no doubt who we serve. What does that mean, Scott? We leave no room for the devil. That's internal. Man, that's we're praying. We're reading our word. We're allowing the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts and our lives. Righteousness, holiness, pure thoughts, clean hands, pure heart, internal relationship, change, new life. The way we've described it the last couple of weeks, a new wineskin for new wine, right? A new wineskin. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm a new creation. I'm a new man. I've been born again. New life. I leave no room. And then what comes out of me leaves no doubt who I serve. The fruit of my life will let you know that I am Jesus, people. That I am a follower of Christ. That I am His. What's going on inside comes outside. And then you know 100%. Man, that's a follower of Christ. Man, that's a disciple of Jesus Christ. See, now more than ever in our world, this world needs to know that there, the body of Christ is not in some gray area trying to make sure that all of our terminology is just right. But there are people on this earth who have given their entire lives to Christ, leaving no doubt who we serve. And the only way we can do that is by leaving no room for the devil. Leave no room for the devil. Leave no doubt who you serve. That, my friends, is how we make sure it continues to the next generation. See, the Christmas story began and the Christmas story continues. And it's in these names that we read. It's in these names that we can identify ourselves with Christ. And he didn't say, hey, man, Scott's life, that was, that was a little too much. I can't be associated with him. I mean, that would be a stain on me. Christ doesn't say that. Christ says, hey, I actually came for a guy like that. That's who I came for. That lost one. That's who I came for, that lost one. I'll associate with him. He has to know that he's a part of my family. That I've made room for him. And so as we close out, 2021 and I think sometimes we may overstate you know years moving into other years it's not as if December the 31st and January 1 just everything's going to be different but I also think that the way that we finish things also are an indicator of how we're going to begin things and so we finish well we finish well the way that we want to wrap this up, if you will, with a bow for 2021 was that God's promises in Christ, they are yes and amen. And in that promise, we are promised to be a part of a family of God 
that we're not outcasts, that we don't have to be outcasts, that we don't have to be on the outside looking in, but Christ made a way for us to come in and be adopted in the family of God. Because God is not a man that he should lie. What he promised, he will fulfill it. He will do it. And so today, I, I just want to pray with you as we end this year together. I just want to pray with you, and I want to pray that the promises of God will be more real to you today than they've ever been in your life. See, God's promises aren't about a year-long theme. God's promises are yes and amen every single day. We're not moving on from God's promises. We're just stepping into the next promise and the next promise. We're going to live out those promises so the Christmas story can continue. And we make him known in all the earth. What's happening inside comes outside. So Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you. What an amazing year you've given us, Lord. What an amazing opportunity you've given us to every single week step into your promises and dig deep and let those promises get into our lives, that it's not just a promise that's out there in the stratosphere somewhere, but those promises are to us right now. Thank you, Lord, that you made space for us. Thank you, Lord, that you created room for us. Thank you, Lord, that you did not disassociate yourself from us, but you have called us in. You have brought us into a family, the family of God, that you have made room for us. And I thank you today, Lord, that you've given us examples of people just like us who it may have been expedient for you to pull away from, yet you drew towards those people. And thank you, Lord, that you've made room for us today. And Lord, I just pray right now, if there be any of us that are watching, listening right now, that we are outside that we are the outcast, maybe through our own decisions, maybe through things that have just happened in life, but for some reason or another, we're outside of it. We don't feel a part of the family of God. We, we don't recognize it. Lord, I just pray right now that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll speak to every heart. And those that have felt outside know that there's been room made for them and they would come to you. They would come to you. They would confess their sins before you. They would lay it at your feet. They would acknowledge you. They would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They would confess, right? Believe in their heart, confess with their mouth and that they would find freedom in Christ today. And Lord, we thank you for not only this opportunity, but everything up to this point that we've been able to walk through this year. God, may your blessing and favor be upon everyone who's watching and listening right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey guys, we love you. Thank you so much for taking this journey with us. We're super excited about where we're heading in 2021 and what God is saying and what God has for us. We're living in some pretty uncertain times. It's pretty wild right now, but guess what? The word of God stands forever. His promises are yes and amen, no matter what's going on in the world. And I will tell you this, in an uncertain world, people are looking for a certain truth. In a world that wants to put everybody in categories and, and put people on the outs, God calls us in and people need to hear that there is a hope and there is a future. And we are the ones that carry this Christmas story on and on. Don't keep it to yourself. Share it with somebody in Jesus' name. God bless you.